This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno. And with me today is... Joshua Teehee, assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido Fresno. All right. We're doing it again. Here we go. Here we are. Apologies for the last episode, by the way, which um, hopefully is up right now. Um, Technical difficulties. Yeah, so uh, I'd said it, but I guess I didn't hit save. Oh, no. Yeah. That happens. And then, How dare yeah. you? And then I had a really busy uh, four days after yeah. that, and so it wasn't until last night that, that you realized. Yeah, like eleven that, o'clock. Oh, and I was like, oh shit! No, this morning it was this morning. Well, he, that he just... sat up in the middle of the night in his bed, <laughs> soaked in sweat. Oh my oh, god! Man. What have I done? Yeah. What have I done? So we still haven't. I mean, officially missed a week, even if we may have missed a week. So get caught up. People can get. They're quick. <laughs> they're, they're quick. We people, didn't officially. People will get caught up. It quick. should be up right now. All right. So go uh, stop this one. Press stop. <laughs> go listen to the last one. As if one. they were listening to it live. Right, right. That's great. All right. Um, what are we? Oh, yes. I know exactly. <laughs> you were. <laughs> I'm on it. So in one of the podcasts where we were describing uh, some of the other, um, the different branches of Aikido, um, and we had talked about uh, Yoshinkan from Gozo uh, and how... Um, it was the martial art that was taught to the uh, police there in uh, Tokyo, in Japan. Um, in all of Japan, or just that specific? I don't know. I mean, I Do really have never done the, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I know that that is something I learned. Uh, I've heard the that police it's a requirement. Right. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know how far-reaching that is. If every province right, has right, to, right. I, don't, I don't know. Um, and so we had uh, a comment from Jared Wilson sort of asking about... Of Marshall Thoughts podcast. Uh, of the Marshall, the yeah, Marshall Thoughts podcast. Uh, asking, you know, if Aikido is the way that we describe it, or the way that we talk about it, uh, being kind of a self-defense-ish um, martial art, how can, it, why would police want to use it, or, or can't, you know, is, how does, how do you balance those two things out uh, in one sense saying, like, um, this is just for self-defense, and then B saying, well, the police use it, so, you know, and, and, and or they want to study it, so why would they want to study it? Right, cause right. because clearly the police are doing more than just right. defending themselves. Right. They can't Their job is to uh, protect, protect other, and yeah. serve and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> I think there's some interesting things in there because I think you, you can um, you can definitely balance it out. Uh, you can definitely make it work. Um, and and see how um, it can exist the way that we talk about it and still be very useful for uh, police situations. And I think in order to get there, you have to kind of break Aikido down into some parts. So you have to look at um, the techniques and then the philosophy and then the practice. Um, and each of those things uh, can taken separately – can be applicable, I think, uh, to this conversation. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a, I think there's a ton of stuff to talk about in this, and it makes it, you know, so when Jared originally had suggested the podcast idea, um, my mind immediately went to, like, the idea of, is Aikido Jiu-Jitsu, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu? Uh, and I that's think a that's, hot button topic. That's a, that's a big thing to talk about. Um, and I was like, oh, that's the easiest thing to talk about. And then kind of talking about it with uh, Josh and Maya more, it's, it's like, oh, there's a lot of stuff in there. And, and I mean, I think another big thing is, you know, like 
I mean, this is not not the area of this podcast, but you know, what is what is the police's role? And would a system where um, basically they're just removing themselves right. from the, the you know, and so and that sounds weird, right? Is that you know the police's goal would be to remove themselves from the situation? But I saw an uh, awesome video. It was um, uh, this guy in Australia. Um, it's on YouTube somewhere. It's like Funker Technical or somebody. You know those those guys who um, they'll like uh, put up video footage of some crazy event and uh-huh. then they'll go through and break down why yeah, the yeah. event happened that way that's cool yeah anyways there's one of those and it was a guy in australia or new zealand i think it was australia and um uh people in australia right now are like you they're like he wasn't an asshole. <laughs> um anyways but um uh, this guy had, um, he was going nuts in this neighborhood and he was running around with a knife and he was trying to cut people and, and all the neighbors, like, you know, like three or four different houses of neighbors were like kind of running away from this guy and trying to get him, you know, not to do any mayhem, but you know, it's like trying to corral him, but not get close to him. Yeah. And like one of them had like a broom, you know, I mean, he's just like trying to do what people do when someone's going bat shit with a knife, you know? And so, uh. They're kind of running around. Well, the police show up. And what's great is, um, you know, it's American. It's an American talking about what's happening. And the the police car shows up. And then the guy runs at the police car. And the police car immediately turns around and drives away. <laughs> and awesome. It's great because it looks like, like from an American standpoint, that is like a shocking thing. Oh, yeah. Because we, we wouldn't, what we wouldn't we're have. seeing is like the police are running away. Come Cowardice. on. Right, right. Why Why didn't Cowardice. you just plug that guy? Right. And then the. In the, in, 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 in the United States, I do believe he would have been run in, over. He. They would have just second. run him. They would have run him down and just. And like, then oh, after he was on the ground, we would have shot him about probably, fifteen more times. Probably. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, in, in Fresno, you know, a guy got shot for having a, a water a hose water, in his yeah, hand. Yeah, you know, yeah. like so. There's uh, yeah, lots it, of. Here, it, it, just the idea is, you know, the police are in charge, and if you threaten a police officer, you're going to get shot. I mean, that's that's just kind of the way it is, you know. And if so, you're even perceived to threaten a police right, officer, right? Yeah, uh, you action. get shot, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going through a time right now where we're, we're discussing, you know, is this okay is that, or is this, you know? But I think we have this kind of wild west law here where it's like, you know, if, if I feel threatened, I'm going to shoot your ass. Anyways, but um, uh. So in the in the thing when you see that to me it was shocking too. It was like, what are they scared of that guy right, with the right, fucking right. knife? Like, what is yeah. what are they doing? Yeah. And then the guy said, oh, you know what the the police strategy was. And when they said, it, I was like, well, why didn't I understand this? But like, uh, they're like, if if they're chasing the police officers, then the police officers want to run away from where all the citizens, all the are. people are. Yeah. So that guy will chase them yeah. off somewhere else, and then they can handle the threat. And I was like, well, that's way better than shooting right. that guy, right? Because I mean, the thing is with having a lot of different abilities to apply force, you know, like. You can apply force, uh, you know, if, if there's several officers. I mean, if there's one guy by himself, I mean, you got to shoot. That. You know, I mean, anyways. Right. Um, but it's like you've got many options, many, many options, right? And so one of the options could be if he chases us, let's just, just run, away run away and let him chase us, you right. know? And he um, will get tired eventually. Sure. And when he's tired, sure. then we can, And we can in mass take him, you know? And, and if you got to shoot him, you got to shoot him. But anyways, but I mean, like this is kind of the Aikido strategy, in my opinion, at work also, right. which right. is like, you know, I'm going to give him distance to do whatever he wants. And as long as he's not hurting anyone, that's cool. Let him work right. and tire himself out. So, I mean, I think there is um, room to talk about the kind of philosophy we talk about with Aikido as a means for right. police departments. Well, but there's something else going on. And too. I think that um, I think that gets back to you know something that we talk about a lot, which is the idea of uh, law enforcement versus uh, peace, peace officers. officers. Right. Um, and if you're looking at peace officers, even that name, you can see that would kind of coincide with um, Aikido, harmony, right. making harmony, right. um, keeping, har- the keeping the peace, keeping harmony. So, like, this is what I'm saying from a philosophical standpoint, the philosophy of Aikido would fit well with a police force if that was their 
ideals. Now, again, we live in the United States and, and we have law enforcement where law enforcement comes in and they make sure that you are not breaking the law or if you're breaking the law, um, they are going to enforce it and, they, and it has nothing to do with keeping the peace. Right. And in fact, many times they will um, up the ante yes. um, to, right. get, to get done what they need to get done, which is like, you broke the law, we're taking you to jail. Um, if that means I have to break your arm to do it, you know, or if I have to shoot you so that you will comply and come with me, right? That's what it takes, right? So, I mean, you I know, think you know, it's hard. Like, it's easy to sit here from a, a really comfortable position and say, like, oh, that's wrong. But you know, when your life's on the line and potentially someone's going to shoot you, it's a. I'm it's not a, making judgment. Yeah, I'm right. just saying that. Yeah, I'm just saying that's that's what it is. Right. You know, right. I mean. Right. And it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about and problem. Um, and I think we're trying to work with it more, you know? And so, like, it, can we have enough tools that it's possible to make a police right. force that, that generally doesn't ever have to shoot right. people, you know? And, and quite honestly, well, I, considering the amount of there. force they're they're facing regularly maybe, maybe i don't know anyways not not my place this is a different that's a different <laughs> never say, this different is a podcast. whole conversation <laughs> uh, but i think <clears throat> you know it is safe to say that uh the philosophy of aikido can and does work with uh a, a police a, a police force who operates in that in the sure i mean like I, I think that was a great example yeah. with the australians that uh that was a great example of the same kind of tactics aikido might recommend right, right. you know um, so looking at it, it that way, if you look at the techniques of Aikido, I think you can also see that there are a lot of overlaps in, I mean, we see it in techniques here in the United States. Um, we'll have police officers come and train with us and go, oh yeah, we learned that in the academy or sure, whatever, sure, or, yeah. or variations. Yeah, I mean, of, we have uh, we had uh, an officer training really regularly with us, and I had taught a class, and the very next day, he's like, I just used that pin you taught me yesterday. And then he went through all the descriptions, like, and exactly the things you said were exactly the things I did, and it worked perfectly. I think uh, oftentimes police officers have more of a, oh yeah, duh, kind right, of thing right. with Aikido than maybe other like civilian people that have never done that kind of stuff, and are more familiar with unarmed fighting like boxing or wrestling right. and where it's strange. Let's let's segue this into cuz I think this gets back to Chris's point about jiu-jitsu uh because uh I'm thinking about, you know, the 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 pinning variations, the the types of pins that Aikido has um and how they work really w- well for pl- they would work really well for police situations even though in a lot of cases they're less they might be less secure. Sure. In exactly, terms of exactly. keeping a person to the ground, um, so and I, you explain. You would probably be able to explain this better. But can you explain how that, how that's, how that's possible, and why a police officer might want to use something like a, a ikio pin um, as opposed as to a, like which side they do or something? Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so aikido pins, um, aikido being from Japanese armed grappling methods, right? Um, uh, like the the techniques we do, um, the idea in the pins in Aikido is uh, autonomy over security. So, meaning when I'm pinning someone, the number one goal is not me holding them down. The number one goal is me being able to get free. Um, and so, if you're looking at like arrest and control, you know, I don't want to bog myself down so much with someone that um, 
uh, I can't immediately escape right. if someone else comes to attack me. You yeah, know, don't notice his friend coming up behind you, and you know, right. And I mean, and this is the idea behind police verbal commands for arrest and control stuff, which is you know, like hands behind the head, interlock your fingers, down on your knees. You know, like this this process where verbally, so I don't have to get my body in there right. because the second I holster my weapon to to begin cuffing this guy, I'm in a vulnerable position. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, if this guy comes at me real quick, or if he's got a buddy, particularly, I'm in a very vulnerable position where I don't have my weapon where I can use it. And so if I don't have a partner or something, that's a very dangerous situation. Aikido pins respect this kind of situation. And the idea in Aikido is if you resist me at any point during the pin, I can bail on the pin and go to superior force, right? So I can use a weapon right. as opposed to doing that. And th this is why I believe you see Ueshiba always like holding his hand out, you know, and it looks silly because like Ueshiba is always pinning with his hand in like a karate chop over right, the guy's right, head. Right, and it's right, like, right. that's silly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think what he's saying it's is- It's a representation. Yeah, see my weapon could always be right, here. Right, I always right. have a weapon in place. So if this guy resists, I'll use the weapon to solve the problem. And the, the, the pin being more as a courtesy to the person you're apprehending like look I don't want to kill you right. uh, but I don't need to sit on top of right. you right? right like all I got you know right. I can hold your arm well, and we can be cool if you look at classic Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff um, your your weapon is always in danger in those kinds of situations right um, so meaning you know if I'm in side control if I'm in top mount my weapon is always available to the other guy you know um, so that's dangerous, and especially if I'm not immediately thinking to get my weapon. If I'm handling it purely as an unarmed grappling situation, which if you do a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you might be inclined to do, then you're not thinking about your weapon and, and controlling right. it like you should be, you know? And, and an officer's number one job should be to control that weapon on his side and then control any threats to himself, right. you know? And so um, if if he can't do that via the pin techniques he's using, then he's in no good shape. And Aikido teaches you exactly how to do that. Right. I think the, the big confusion with Aikido's pins right now among everything else is the understanding what it's for and understanding that that's a specific situation that these pins are working or working in um and the people that are going oh, aikido needs better pins you know um better for what yeah right better for what's a great question yeah does it need better pins for the octagon no, right. because Aikido was never built for the It's right. not what it's for. So does Brazilian or does uh, MMA need better pins for that kind of situation? Maybe. I don't know. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, um, should our pins be used in there? I don't think so. I don't think they would be good in MMA. Right. Are they good for street situations where I'm armed, they're armed, or we're both armed? Yeah, they're, they're really good there for those kinds of situations. There are other people. There are right. kinds of, Tons of other factors gravel, involved. Right. And you, <laughs> you know, you can, when we, one of the things we point out when you're doing, like, let's say, uh, you know, the Nikio pin, uh, Sankyo pin, one of the things is you give yourself uh, almost, you know, 360, you know, on some of the pins, the takedowns included, you're giving yourself full view of the entire area as the technique and the, the, the pin is being applied. So um, you are giving yourself full, like, control of the, the situation, the area, which I think would be important for a police yeah, officer. Yeah. Hey, it's important to, to understand, you know, and... if your shoulders are, are like in the upright position level, right? Like, so like when you're standing, you have 360, um, you know, you have to turn your head, but you can get 360 relatively easy, you know, like, I mean, you get 180 just turning your neck. If you turn your shoulders, you can get 180 with your periphery or sorry, 360 with your periphery, pretty easy. Yeah. When you are in a uh, horizontal position, you have a huge amount cut out because turning your side head to head doesn't give you uh, everything behind right, your right. your butt is hidden from right. you, right? And to see it's really difficult. Like, you know, if you doubt this, like ride a bicycle and try looking at 
changing lanes. Right, it's right, super, right. super difficult, yeah, right? right? That's why we have little little things that you clip onto your glasses so you can see behind you. Um, but like it's difficult to do. And so those types of pins, which, you know, almost all Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu pins, with the exception of Top Mountain, Top Mountain does a bad job of controlling their hands um, unless you're leaning forward, putting yourself again in that position. Those kinds of pins don't give you the, the visibility that you get in Aikido pins. Um, and Aikido pins, just remember, the idea is always I can bail out, right? right? It's kind of like the, um, I forget, I'm sure you know the name of the guy who came up with this, but the, you know, being on, um, always being aware of your surroundings, not being in the white all the time. And, oh, Jeff you know, Cooper. Yeah. Um, I think when you go into those kind of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, top mount or where you're totally zoned in on one person, you're 100% in the red, you know, and your, your scope of vision right. is, right. you know, only this wide, where police officers can never afford to be looking at one person only one part of the situation right yeah what Maya's talking about is you know as you um you get more excited more stressed in a situation um your heart rate increases and your focus changes so your focus changes from a broad spectrum to a narrow spectrum to deal with the immediate threat and so tunnel vision yeah you get tunnel vision and so um you really want to try and keep yourself able to see 360 as much as possible and that keeps you in a slightly calmer state it can tend to keep you in a slightly calmer state and i think that the pins specifically for a one-on-one unarmed situation tends to get you into that frame of you know reference where you're focusing on one person more likely to forget about what else is going on which is you can't do it if you're a police officer right that's your job is to pay attention to everything and everyone so now let's talk a little bit about some of the the other techniques so one that i think is uh fairly visible with police officers is like is sankyo you know like sankyo is a thing that you just see all the time and we hear a lot uh about you know this idea of pain compliance um which in an octagon or in an actual fighting you know in a a situation where it's uh, stakes are very high it's not the the most ideal sort of um uh, hole right you know because i've done it before someone sunk yelled the hell out of me and it's like i don't care you know like going yeah um and i told him i was like you're gonna have to do better than that um (laughs) but in some situations it it might be just the thing that's needed to get someone uh in line right right and it's not you're not going to uh rip the dude's arm off if uh if he doesn't comply, right? So at the end of that altercation, um, if you're a police officer, this guy is not going to be able to come back to you and say, oh man, he broke my arm in four places, um, right? Yeah. While I was trying to, you know, comply. Um, so, so I think, again, we see where a, a technique like Sankyo, while it may not be the ultimate um, for a police officer, might just need to, you get someone who's kind of mouthing off or being a little, or you know, bouncers probably. A, this is probably sure. a little bit, but you know, um, you get someone who's mouthing off, wants to be a big man. You give them a little pain, uh, and suddenly they're gonna they're gonna hopefully calm down. And I think we always tend to, um, if we're not uh, police officers or we're not the role that we're talking about, we tend to think about the craziest worst case scenarios you know where it's like well sankyo wouldn't work on a a school shooter you know um like in crazy crazy situations where little pain compliance wouldn't really make much of a difference pcp or whatever right exactly exactly but like on a day-to-day kind of situation it's those things seem like they would come in handy a whole lot 
for police officers because most of the time you're not dealing with crazy you know school shooters or you know crazy situations from day to day it's you're talking to people you're you know uh, escorting you know uh drunks or people that you know loiterers off of you know uh out of in front of grocery stores or you know you're doing shit that's like you know more mundane and you more just are like hey come on man you know come you can't be here or shit like that i mean i think it's you know if you are dramatically in a position of power over someone else what pain pain compliance can do uh, an attempt at pain compliance can do is it can quickly remind them of the situation right, that right. if it begins to escalate they're it will not escalate to, not in their right, favor right. they're not you know, and so if there's you know five other cops standing around all superior armed all yoked out guys uh all with vests on you know you know big dudes and you sankyo someone a little and they go oh this hurt a little bit look at all these right, guys look at right, how much pain's right, right, coming right, for me right, right. I, I should be compliant you know and so that has a tendency to to quickly squash small stuff right and so so useful at that and then the other side that josh said that you know like he was grappling once and a guy tried to sankyo him and josh was like you got to do better than that and it's because um there's a certain stage where um you're going to ignore the pain to get done what you need to get done because yeah. th- you will overcome the situation now look if i'm dealing with five cops who are right there and i'm resisting i'm going to get my my wrist hurt and then they're going to beat the hell out of me right. and maybe shoot me like club me or yeah. Right, yeah and then i'm going to go to jail and then now i have got salt charges right so like so my situation is not overcomable. And so like when I get a little pain, it, it's an easy out for me to go, okay, okay, that's right, good right. enough, right? Um, whereas like, you know, that guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy who got his arm, who's hiking and he got his arm trapped between oh two rocks. God. Right, right. And, and he cut off right, his arm. Right, right, now, right. now I guarantee you, we went through way more pain cutting off his arm with a pocket knife right. than a Sankyo will ever do. Yeah, yeah. But he still cut off his arm. And why did he do that? Why could he take that? He could take that because he knew the other option was die. Right, right, right. So so it's like you got to be able to, to understand what it is you're, um, you're, you're facing. And so if you're facing extreme situation, pain compliance isn't going to cut it. When you're that. facing overwhelming right. odds, pain compliance will cut it most of the time officers are going to be in a situation where they have numbers right Right. as often as they possibly can do that they're going to do that you know and and stuff happens but and then but then let's address the other side of that as well so to me the one thing you have to remember is the whole kyowaza is not simply a set of techniques it's a set of basic principles that can be used in a lot and lot of ways right, right. so that's different than the uh, the nagewaza the nagewaza's main objection is to project people away from you to make people move away from you to have distance um but the kyowaza can be used in lots of ways including nagewaza and uh control situations and disarming and clearing and when you look at disarming and clearing sankyo is a super powerful tool so it doesn't become about the pain. It becomes simply that your hand in that position can no longer hold on to something. Right. So if I'm taking something away from you, like I'm disarming, then Sankyo is a good thing to be able to use. Yep. Or if I'm getting you to let go of me, Sankyo is a good thing to use. So if I'm a police officer with a pistol and you try and grab my pistol hand or my pistol or my rifle or my whatever, uh, I can use it in a way that right. enables you not to hold on to it anymore. And that's that's the, the utility of right. Sankyo. It's going to get there. That was, right. was going to be my – but yeah, no, I think that's 100%, you know. Um, if I need to take something out of out of someone's hand or, you know, right, they try to, you know, grab for my gun, can right. can I move in a way that allows me to put that back on them, you know, easily? And they're not letting go because it hurts so much. They're letting go because their ligaments will not allow their hand to continue to hold in that position. Not because they're going to spring off their arm, right. but because they become very weak, right? So, you know, it's like grab, try and climb a rope in a sankyo position. You can't do it, right? right? So even if you can normally climb a rope, you, you just don't have the grip strength anymore. And so that's what, you know, Kodagai, uh, Sankyo, Nikyo all do really, really well is they weaken your grip 
hugely. So uh, the pain compliance, they could be used for that. That would be useful for police officers and um, for uh, uh, disarming and uh, uh, clearing. Uh, clearing. Right. And then, again, I think it is also important to, to, to point out, you know, the fact that for the most part, these are not debilitating techniques, right? right. They're not, you're not going to kill. And so that goes back to the philosophy, uh, the Aikido philosophy of, of as much as possible keeping that, that sort of peace and that accord. Also, from a police standpoint, that's good. Because it doesn't put them in a in any kind They've of position. They've got to go to court later right, and talk about right. why they did what they did. You know, you know? And so, so you don't want to do some kind of technique where you busted the dude's arm, right. And then have to go and be like, well, I guess I didn't have to break his arm. You know, right, right, right. And so something like Sankyo can do a good job with or that. Or say, I did have to break his arm, or whatever. Yeah, I think the other thing that's great about um, Aikido for uh, for law enforcement is. Um, the philosophy, the idea of um, trying to, I mean, and this is a, a no-duh, but um, understand another person's position and make your position heard to that person. Because a lot of the time, I, I think as police officers, you're not, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you can talk to any police officer and understand that most nights you do see something crazy, but most nights you're not also every call you're getting is, you know, subduing some crazy person. Uh, most of the time it's, okay, go over there and talk to this person or someone's cat went up a tree or, you know what I mean? Like mundane shit where you have to talk to people a whole bunch or, right. and you let people know, hey, you're not allowed here or you got to go. Yeah. And and having conversations with people and being able to um, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of what distance you're in with people while you're talking to them and then also um, letting people know uh, that they can't be there without uh, making it worse, you right. know? Right, right. Well, and I think having, uh, in order to have a, a proper Aiki interaction, there has to be some empathy, right? Or there yeah. has to be some, that connection. And and that can't be a bad thing for police officers, you know? Like, to be able to, like, uh, understand where the other person is coming from. Yeah, and I mean, what's in their mind, you know? And I think a lot of times that could solve some a lot of problems. It, you know, we don't get, I have heard stories where, you know, police officers come upon a, a, a kid who has autism or whatever, and he's out of his mind, but they aren't able to realize that that's what happening, that is happening. So to yeah. them, it looks like a whole other thing. This guy's being uh, uncooperative or out, you know, and so to be able to um, have that sort of ability to connect with someone and go, oh, okay, I know what this person needs right now to help them calm down. I think um, there's a. It's good, you know. If you've ever been to a Bob Nadeau seminar, uh, he's an Aikido Shihan. Uh, you'll hear this story because he talks about it. He's told every time I've been to one of his seminars, I think I've been to like six of his seminars. Um, uh, he says that, you know, when he was working for the San Francisco Police Department, uh, he never had to draw his nightstick. And he said, some guys drew their nightstick every night and used their nightstick. And so what he's saying is that, like, Generally, he could understand the situation and and diffuse the situation without having to draw his weapon. Whereas some guys managed to draw their weapon every night. Right. Like, why were they drawing their weapon right. every night? And so, you know, that's part of the like being able to understand the other side and and, and how to deescalate the situation verbally and and visually and, and understand what's going on and being empathetic and not having to use a weapon. You know, and and I think that using a weapon is a really important thing to understand because. You know, a lot of the way I describe Aikido, so, you know, when, when I think of Aikido, the system, it, it's got a lot of parts. Like, there's a lot of little parts in it, and, and you need to understand what each part does. 
you know, a lot of the way I describe Aikido is, is not as an aggressive method, but understand Aikido is not without teeth. And the teeth of Aikido is not Shionage or Kodagaishi or something. That's not Aikido's teeth. Aikido's teeth is Aikijo, Aikikin, right? Yeah. So the ability to use weapons. And if you train firearms, you could train Aiki pistol or Aiki right, right. rifle, or, you know? And, and so the idea being that, like, I could have teeth in my system. I could have something that bites you and hurts you. I could have that. The goal and philosophy of Aikido is not to use that. And the other techniques enable me a lot of times not to have to, right? So to be able to clear myself, to make distance, to put myself in a good position, to use my weapon if I needed to, but hopefully to get compliance from you without ever having to do that. And then if we go even deeper into the system, instead of ever thinking that I need to use that stuff, my goal is to look at a situation, understand a situation, and understand how to fit with it to make a resolution quickly and efficiently. To negotiate the situation as opposed to dominate the situation. uh, You were telling the story just the other day about the negotiator and he was Chris in, in a second in one sentence you know he was able to turn the situation around yeah yeah um and that to me seems like a real ike yeah. i've been uh, i've been watching a lot of chris voss stuff and uh, i haven't read his book but i want to read it um uh, which is uh, never split the difference. But anyway, he's a he's a FBI negotiator, and he had a story that I thought was awesome. It, it was basically he 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 was negotiating with some guy in Haiti, and um, the guy in Haiti, as soon as he picked up the phone, he's he's negotiating for an American's life, right? You know, so it's a serious deal. And so Chris Foss says the first thing the guy said to him is, "What are you going to do for me?" And he said, "When someone." says to you, what are you going to do for me? How many seconds do you think you get on the phone to talk to him? Right. And he's like, you know, if Chris Voss had rolled out his resume, well, I'm the the head uh, negotiator. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) And that click means that guy might die, right? right? So there's a life on the line. And so what Chris Voss said is he immediately understood that what that guy wanted was to go blow money uh, in Haiti, in the city, on Saturday night. Because that's what everybody wants to do. They want to go blow money and have a good time. He understood Haitian culture. Exactly right. And he said that it was Thursday... And he knew that um, all this guy wanted was to get money by Saturday night so So he he could go go party. party, And he said, if you deal with me, then we'll have you done by Saturday morning. And the guy's like, what do you need me to do for you? And to immediately get a turn from what are you going to do to me to what can I do for you? is huge and that's that's the Aikido mindset that we want to have is like instead of making this about like hey if you don't listen to me I'm going to fuck you right. up and I'm, Chris Voss could have said that right. I'll right. send the FBI right. down there we'll, we, we'll we have will, rangers at your right. door we in 10 minutes we will destroy the entire complex and you inside it sure, like, sure but what good would that have done that would have cost the life right. of the person right. that we were trying to save and so instead Chris Voss said what does this guy want how can I match with that and how can I get done what needs to get done and that's how we should be looking at stuff in Aikido we should be negotiating and solving problems for a specific situation not just simply i'm going to crush the situation and i think that uh that law enforcement has to do that all the time right you know i've got to get this person to do this thing that they don't want to do directly but how can i convince them it's a better idea to not hang around in front of this place that they shouldn't be hanging around in front of or um you know you need to leave this house or you know whatever it is that they're trying to get someone to do you know um, let me show you that this is not where you want to be right now. You and, don't want trouble, and I don't want to give you trouble. Right. So if we can find an agreement, things will be better. And I think a lot of the problems that we see with uh, you know law enforcement or the, a lot of the problems that we're experiencing now are based on a lack of that. They're uh, based on um, you know coming into a situation and just like we're gonna own it. Like, this is our situation. Whatever happens here, we're dictating the terms of the thing the whole way through. Right. Um, instead of being open to the idea that, like, yes, there's 
more than one person involved in this thing. We need to make, how can we best make an, uh, a, an accord that, you know, keeps everyone safe? Yeah. I, this is totally an aside, but I think maybe one of the issues with that is, um, is burnout. And, and, you know, I'm sure that police officers, law enforcement see all kinds of horrible shit every night. And oh, yeah. so they, you know, they tend to get ideas about what, you know, they make guesses or uh, stereotypes about what kinds of people are doing what kinds of things. And so they're constantly on high alert because they know it could go bad because it has gone bad in the past. And so constantly being like on high alert, it makes it hard to be able to take a deep breath, think about the situation and think about the best way to approach something. And so constantly being in that stressed out state of like, it could go bad any second. And I know that it, it could because it has for me in the past. And I've seen things, you know, people lose their lives and all that kind of shit, you know? So being able to uh, give people the space to take care of themselves in that right. situation, this is all totally aside, but you know, I think uh, it burnout is a serious thing. For sure. You know? Yeah. And what you're talking about, you know, is coke you. Masubi, 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 Masubi. You know, I mean, so um, I think it's 100%, you know, that Aikido should, you know, is being taught to uh, police officers in Japan, and it should be. I think it's it definitely fits. To me, it fits all parts of what we should want for a martial art for police officers to study. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, now... The, the the other question, whether or not, and I think we answered it um, sort of obliquely, not directly, uh, is Aikido Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, I mean, and I think this is a great thing to talk about, and I think we're starting to talk about it. Um, you know, I think decidedly Aikido is absolutely not Japanese Jiu-Jitsu anymore. It's a different thing, but it's born of Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. And so um, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu is a grappling art, a grappling art based around weapons. Would those things be useful to police officers? 100% for sure. You learn those techniques and those ideas in Aikido training. Just Aikido tends to use them differently. Right. And so the goal is not to use those techniques to get someone, but use those techniques to preserve yourself. And if things go bad, the weapon is what you would use to solve the problem. So um, is Aikido Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Certainly not. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a specialized kind of Jiu-Jitsu for unarmed fighting, one-on-one uh, -on -one in a dueling situation that's symmetrical. That's what it's built for. Is it Japanese Jiu-Jitsu? You learn a lot of the same stuff you learn in Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, but we don't use it that way. Do you learn those techniques? Yes. And it could be a porthole, portal for you to learn um, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu if, if that's what you wanted to do. Um, Aikido is its own animal. Um, and it's its own animal because the philosophy that goes with it's different. And the philosophy is not, I want to get you. It's just, I want to be cool and I want to make this situation cool. What is a peace officer's job? A peace officer's job is to be make, safe right. themselves and make, make everything cool. Make sure yeah. stuff is cool, yeah. Um, and, and there's different things you might have to do, you know. So that's not saying that someone's not going to potentially get hurt or bad things might happen. Bad things certainly might happen. But that's not the goal. The goal is not to dominate the situation. Right. Um, the goal is to make the situation cool again. Right. I think most people would agree that a, a law enforcement person's job is not to punish people. You know. I don't know if most people would agree. <laughs> Maybe I don't. No, know. I mean I. I, I know <laughs> exactly. is, uh, right. It depends on when we're talking and what we're talking about. Right. You know? Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, you know, at least here I read the comments on the newspaper. <laughs> website, I'm sure you do. So um, I can tell you. Yeah. But I mean, you know, ideally, it's their job is to make come to a situation, make sure that 
people are safe and whatever person you know is possibly in res- responsible for a bad situation that person is brought into custody so that their guilt or not guilt can be decided at a later time in an appropriate situation i was watching uh, some Ken- tim kennedy stuff uh last night actually and uh, he has sheepdog response tim kennedy's uh ex-mega mega badass, you know, like a ranger, green beret, sniper, uh, fought in the UFC, you know, awesome dude, super tough. Uh, and he teaches um, law enforcement in different kinds of classes and, and civilian response stuff. And um, he was saying, and I thought this was a really great point, that what's awesome about police officers is they're willing to potentially throw down their life for a stranger at a moment's notice. Right. Meaning if you call the police and you say, there's someone in my house trying to kill me, they'll show up. Right. And they'll come into your house right. where there's someone right. trying right. to kill right. you, right. Right. and they will risk their life right. to stop that person from killing you. Fucking badass, right? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. How? How? We should be so grateful to people who are willing to do that. But at the same time, I think it's important that law enforcement realize that their job is to protect everyone. There right. is no right. good right. guy, bad right. guy. They're all American citizens. They're right. all right. you know county citizens. Whatever they belong, yeah. they they belong. So it's like if if a person exceeds, you know, if someone's if there's no choice but to, to shoot someone, then there's no choice but to shoot right. someone. But we want to look for every other right. route. And I believe Aikido has the same philosophy, which is if we can find a way not to kill someone right. here, that's what that's we want to the, do. Right. At the end, it does have teeth. Remember, there are teeth embedded in Aikido, but it's way at the back, you know, and that's the goal right. is not to use those. Right. I think that's a really right. good way to say it. Yeah. Um, all right, where, how are we uh, at time? 36 we? minutes. Oh, man, we're getting, pretty good. we're getting there. Huh? By the time we do our thing and uh, get all, yeah. our wrap-up. Yeah. Um, so that was, was a, there, Yeah. No, I think that was a great uh, point from, uh, or a question, a great point from Jared, um, just sort of looking at that. Um, because on its face, it, it might be confusing to some people. Sure. Like, oh, well, the police, they can't just always run away. I mean, you're, you know, they have to be, they have to you know, be a multi or whatever. They have to get in there sometimes and mix it up. I always thought, uh, it's funny, like, talking about it this way. Uh, I used to always think that it would be cool if there was an Aikido superhero, right? Like, you know, Marvel or DC, like a superhero. <laughs> um, and uh, 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 the superhero would be called the target. And I just pictured it as this, like, woman who, like, she would make herself the target. So, like, you know, if someone was being hurt, she would make herself right, the target. Right, right. And when people tried to attack her, she couldn't be hurt because, right. like, she knows Aikido, right? right? Like, that's the idea. The but, but that, to me, that's kind of the idea of Aikido, and that's how you would defend people with Aikido. Is, yeah. I'm not going after to crush someone else. I'll put myself on the line right. so I can be the target, right. and I, I can take care of me. Right. And so that per, the other person's not the target. And I think that's kind of where we should be headed, you know? It's like, you know, if there's people in my house trying to shoot at me, the police show up so they become the target, Right. you know? Right. Um, and, and I think that's part of the job, and it's a risk, and it's, it's why the job's awesome, you know? Right. if if, if yeah, it's why the job's awesome. And it's also why they are given certain privileges. Um, privileges. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, in some countries, they, they get the privilege to have weapons that other people don't get. And, you know, here they there is a certain amount of latitude that they are given with things for that because of, of that reason. That risk right? they're taking. Yeah. yeah. So. Right. All right. Uh, let's, let's talk about our patrons. All right. Whom we love. Whom we love. Thank you so much to our patrons. Um, Y'all are the best. Um, We super appreciate all your help um, and your donations allow us to keep all of our episodes online on uh, soundcloud.com and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Um, 
and to you know we got a much better mic setup and for that we are very very grateful yeah. and i'm sure you so are you guys because it sounds yeah, it's better on so your bad. ear holes yeah <laughs> better on your ear holes um so thank you so much to Genghis galahad grant templin jim gallant john smith lenny acuna matt mumford matt riley rob kitson urbano and warwick dean thank you so yeah, and thanks so to much. thanks to you know all those guys and all our past patrons and we have many people who have just sent us one-time donations yeah. or people who have been past members and they stop like Thanks to everyone who's yes, uh, who supported absolutely. the And the thanks, I, I feel like we should also say thanks to all the people who interact with us, you know, um, whether it's sending us messages, asking questions, giving us uh, ideas for episodes. I think that's really helpful for us. Um, you know, this is something that we probably, I mean, who knows, we might have got to it on our own at some point. But it's something that we, you know, probably wouldn't have talked about otherwise, and I think it's really interesting um, and fun conversation to have. So yeah, for I sure. think it's interesting because I'm sure we are all talking from a very specific perspective, considering we live in the U.S. and the right. the role of law enforcement and stuff maybe is very different in different countries where you guys might be listening from. And so it's really interesting to me. I'm sure it's probably fascinating for you guys to listen to because I'm sure you have uh, you see things in the news about the U.S. And so I'd be interested to hear you know maybe how your experience is different with um that situation and in, in where you're from rather than from where we're from so i'm sure it's a somewhat different maybe conversation uh for someone in australia or someone you know in japan or something sure. but um but yeah let us know what you guys think and uh if you have other questions or other topic ideas because um, we'd love to hear them yeah for sure uh, tip right. of the week Maya. tip of the week tip of the week um go Find a law enforcement officer. <laughs> Give him a hug. But, uh, but tell him you're coming in for the hug first. Right. <laughs> Go for his gun and see what happens. Whoa. No, do, do not do that. <laughs> Just That's kidding. A bad idea. Uh, we, can't, we do not uh, <laughs> endorse Joking. Josh's statements no, of any no, kind. No, don't listen. Don't <laughs> He's listen not a representative of this show. Um, no, but uh, maybe think about uh, the role that Japanese jiu-jitsu has had in influencing Aikido. Um, and how that kind of maybe is still an important role in the Aikido that you train um, or maybe isn't. Um, and think about, you know, what what your Aikido, like how that's different from just Japanese Jiu-Jitsu or, you know, Daito Ryu or whatever. Learn a know. little more about Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and see how, you know, if you're, if you're really into it for that. You know, for the jujitsu part of it, because um, that's awesome. Sure. Um, or if the or if the aikido side is what really kind of uh, lights your fire. Yeah. Are you are you just more are you more interested in doing a successful shionage? Are you more interested in like the philosophy expunged in aikido? You know. And they're both uh, spoused. They, yeah. <laughs> and they both have great depths too, because there's a lot to learn in both the just ju- the pure jujitsu of it, and also the the application of those jujitsu techniques in in aikido land. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh okay. we'll talk to you next week i don't know what we're teasing out uh, no um, josh josh wants to talk what do you want to talk about josh well i had an idea about the uh everyone sort of talking in a position where they're wondering about the uh how applicable aikido is and uh there are a lot of people who are coming at it uh with the assumption or looking at aikido saying it's not applicable um in, in the situations they're looking at, and uh, they're coming at it from the presumption that it must be the system, uh, a flaw in the system, 
Um, and so I would flip that and say, uh, could it possibly be uh, not a flaw in the system, but a flaw in our understanding of the system um, that is the problem? Yeah, I think that's so, a good. It's topic. really good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see you guys see next week. See you guys week. next week.